Welcome to a special Thanksgiving bonus episode of the Daily Signal podcast. I'm Virginia Allen. We have all heard lots of stories about the pilgrims and the first Thanksgiving, but the true religious roots of the holiday are often overlooked. Here with us to talk about the history of Thanksgiving and how freedom and a spirit of Thanksgiving work in tandem together is Hillsdale College Associate Professor of Politics, Dr. Adam Carrington. Professor, thank you so much for being with us today, and happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you all. I am thankful to be on. Well, let's go all the way back to the beginning and talk a little bit just for a moment about the pilgrims and that first Thanksgiving in November of 1621. What were the pilgrims celebrating? They were celebrating their first successful harvest. So they had arrived the previous winter on Plymouth Rock, which they had named that, and had had a very harsh winter. It's not a good idea to land in New England with no houses and no crops in in the dead of winter. And they had uh, actually nearly half of the people who had landed, I think there were 104 originally, about half had actually even passed due to sickness, due to malnourishment, due to other things. And with the help of some of the local Native Americans, they had been able to plant a crop. They had been able to successfully harvest it that following fall. And so Governor uh, William Bradford, the, the governor of the colony, had called for a feast to celebrate that they were starting to get on their own feet. And in particularly that they believed that uh, God had provided for them the means to continue and to survive and to uh, get past the very harsh start that had begun their, their, their journey into this wilderness. Do we know what they ate at that first Thanksgiving? What were those crops that they had successfully planted and harvested in Massachusetts? Well, corn in particular had been one thing that they had, had, had made. They're, they're, one of the great debates is where the, was their turkey, <laughs> given the uh, idea. And there is some discussion, Bradford in particular, I believe, mentions that there were lots of turkeys around. So that very well could be. But otherwise, geese and some other kinds of fowl were certainly consumed. Uh, squash, um, some other things that do continue even to this day to be eaten. Um, the, the Native Americans who joined the, the, the festivities probably brought fish, uh, was one dish that they probably brought as well. So some things that would later become part of the menu even today, some things that are not. I don't know really anyone that eats fish for Thanksgiving, but some of the others uh, did make an appearance that uh, that, that, that we can we can draw on as, a, I guess, a tradition that goes back now 401 years. And after that first Thanksgiving, did the pilgrims continue to have a time every single year where they said, okay, this is dedicated time that we are taking to give thanks? Not necessarily every single year. So mm-hmm. the history that comes after this is... Even the pilgrims' own action was part of a longer history before and after of particular days of thanks. And often those particular days of thanks were not necessarily always annual, even though they would often happen every year, but they wouldn't happen the same time or necessarily for the exact same reason. In this case, it was the celebration of a successful harvest, given it was the first one. But there would be days of thanksgiving for 
military victories. There would be days of thanksgiving for famines being lifted, for uh, disease, if there was a, a particular disease running through the, 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 the town, for it being lifted. So uh, it, it was a very regular thing to have these days of thanksgiving, and often for harvest. But the idea that we have today of every year at about the same time doing the uh, a, a, a just a, a day of thanksgiving, it was much more occasional and specific to what was going on in the life of that community. And therefore, by the way, one could have more than one in a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, so so while this was part of a longer tradition, but not necessarily the annual tradition in the way we think of it. I guess that's, that's definitely not a bad thing to have multiple days of Thanksgiving in a year. Seems very appropriate, especially around um, events that are to be celebrated. But how did it come about then that we have one specific day that's always the third Thursday in November where we're setting that day aside as the day of Thanksgiving. Two precursors I'd point to. One is there was an occasional day of Thanksgiving in 1789 that President Washington called to basically celebrate the successful ratification of the Constitution and implementation of that government a new presidency, a Congress, all of those things. But when he called it was Thursday, November 26th, 1789. So that was basically the time now that we would do Thanksgiving. And fast forward, you start to get the regular celebration of Thanksgivings almost annually in New England in particular, in the, by the 1840s, almost everyone in New England is doing it. And by 1846, you have uh, a woman named uh, Sarah Hale, who I think is also known for coining Mary Had a Little Lamb. And she begins, she's a New Englander, and she begins in 1846 a campaign to make it not just a regular, an infrequent occurrence nationally, not just a state-level holiday, but a national holiday. And what that culminates in is in 1863, in the midst of the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln is the first one to really start the annual tradition of it being the third Thursday of November every year. And it basically has been since then. I think it was made by law in the 20th century under Franklin Delano Roosevelt. Roosevelt tried to switch it one year tried to make it uh, even earlier than than what it is now to extend the shopping season for <laughs> Christmas. Um, so all the debates about when Christmas music could start could start a week earlier. Uh, but uh, uh, but but in, except for that exception, and Congress even stepped in and said, no, 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 we're going back to the old way. Mm. Um, it's really since 1863 that's been an annual thing at in on a Thursday toward the end of November. Got it. Well, and when we think about Thanksgiving, obviously, uh, you know, all the way back to the to the pilgrims and then how Sarah Joseph Hale advocated for it to become a national holiday. It, it has um, shifted, of course, over the years. And now what we have today looks pretty different from what the pilgrims did or, or maybe even from what Sarah Joseph Hale thought of when she thought of a day of Thanksgiving. If if we were to celebrate Thanksgiving in the way that Sarah Joseph Hale advocated for, what do you think that would look like? I think 
Well, it probably wouldn't have football. Although I will say <laughs> the first the first collegiate football game on the Thanksgiving Day was in 1876. It was Princeton versus Yale. I believe Yale won two nothing, or, or I, I, I should have double checked that. Uh, but the what 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 came together in the 18 by the 1840s that Hale was arguing for was a combination of celebrating successful harvests like was being done in 1621 that's why the timing of late November was apropos mm -hmm. a political memorial of thanksgivings and what we are to be thankful for as a political community but also religious thanks the idea of these days of Thanksgiving that particularly is thanking God as the source of the what the other two are doing, harvests and political reasons. And so I think one that would bring together Hales would respect all three of those, uh, if not equally, at least substantially. So something that recognizes that God provides or that, that we, are, we have been provided bountifully uh, as far as our bodies and food, so feasting was a big part of it then, that it involves a political idea that as a community, we can be thankful for the blessings and the goods that we've been given, but that it also would have a religious element that God is ultimately the source of these provisions for our bodies, our souls, for us as human beings, for us as citizens. And so where to, to the degree we reduce it to just eating and football would be incomplete. It would really need to bring together, yes, feasting, but feasting for those thanksgivings to God and those political thanksgivings as well. Hmm. Well, in in that discussion within talking about both how Thanksgiving is, you know, in some ways, a, a political holiday, but also deeply, deeply religious. You recently um, wrote an article discussing uh, how some might see freedom in tension with that spirit of gratitude, but you argue that that no, they they're not in tension. They actually really go hand in hand. But just explain this a little bit more. What what you mean here? Right. Well, when you give thanks and you have an attitude of thanksgiving, it really is acknowledging your a debt you owe to someone else, a dependence even, or at least an acknowledgement of the need for help that one may have received or, or help that one has been given. And sometimes we tend to think of freedom merely as a kind of independence, a kind of self-making and a kind of, I get to do what I want because I'm in control of myself, which one could see as the opposite Thanksgiving. I, I don't need to give thanks to anyone or anything. I just need to give thanks to myself for myself. And I think if you look at the American understanding of liberty and freedom historically, that's not the way we have thought about it. We have thought about our freedom as, yes, a right and a gift. It is a right for, that, that God has given us in relation to each other, but it is also a gift God has given us as part of what it means to be human. And it's also a gift that has been in its exercise that has been given to us by our fathers, uh, the founding fathers and the subsequent generations that have preserved liberty. The fact that freedom is a natural right doesn't mean that it is easy to get or it's easy to maintain. And so the, I think the American form of liberty both uh, uh, acknowledges it, 
but also says that we owe a great debt to our Creator and to our forefathers for putting us on this path and for giving us this heritage that means freedom isn't ours to gain, it's ours to preserve. Hmm. So this Thanksgiving, how do you recommend that we can celebrate the holiday well, to its fullest, in the way that, that it ought to be celebrated? I think going back to those three streams that I mentioned before, a definitely feast. That is a way historically, and, and for Christians, if you look at Christianity and its effect, going back to the Bible, one of the, be- one of the biggest ways anyone ever celebrated in the Bible was feasting, and that's been part of the Western heritage as well. So, so don't deny that, that role, but feast as a way of being thankful, mm-hmm. and I think be particular about what we're thankful for. And in, in these political times with high high partisanship and and we just had a midterm election that did not go the way everyone, you know, that not everyone got what they wanted out of it, obviously, mm. um, be, be willing while not denying the challenges we may face as a country, or if one is religious, the idea of uh, we might, that we might face religiously with secularism or other things. But be willing to be to step back and be thankful for what we do have, uh, what is good, and use that position of gratitude not as a place of complacence, of saying, well, at least we've got that and stop, but use our gratitude even as a springboard for action for how can we create or be part of making even new ways to be thankful for next year, whether it be reforming things in the country, whether it be our religious devotion. So so gratitude does not need to breed complacency, but it does need to breed, I think, a, 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 a an ability to be thankful for what one does have. <laughs> Dr. Adam Carrington of Hillsdale College, thank you so much for your time. We really, really appreciate you joining us today. It's been a pleasure. And as you said at the beginning, wishing everyone a happy Thanksgiving tomorrow. Absolutely. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen, Samantha Asheris, and Jillian Richards. Sound design by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop. To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.